Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Super Bloom Podcast has merch. Yes, I want to remind you, if you've not seen this on my socials or the podcast socials, you asked, we delivered, we got merch. But just for a short period of time, May 24th is the last day to order Super Bloom Podcast merch. So go check it out. Go check it out on my socials at Candace King or at a Super Bloom Pod on Instagram. We have all the links there so you can shop for hats, some totes, really cute sweatsuits, sweatshirts, get you all cozy and ready for the sun. There's even a super bloom candle. Do you just like want to waft in your super bloomness? You know, all the things, all the things. So check it out. Last day to order is May 24th. Go check us out on the socials and you can get yourself some merch. Welcome to a Super Bloom podcast. I am thrilled to be able to have the opportunity to sit down with today's guest, Liz Winstead. Liz is the founder and chief creative officer of Abortion Access Front, as well as one of the top political satirists working today. As co-creator and head writer of Comedy Central's The Daily Show, she forever changed the way people get their news. In 2004, Winstead also co-founded Air America Radio while co-hosting Unfiltered every morning with the amazing Rachel Maddow and hip-hop legend Chuck D. 
But now with Abortion Access Front, Winstead has taken her satirical brilliance one step further, combining it with her passion for reproductive rights to expose anti-choice hypocrisy and inspiring a whole new model of activism. I don't want to waste any time. Let's just jump right in. Everyone, welcome to my conversation with Liz Winstead. The last time we spoke, I was, I, I can't believe I was a person, a woman, or just a uterus owning person in the world <laughs> that ever thought like, oh, but Roe v. Wade would never really get overturned. Like that's just like, I genuinely in my bones was naive enough to think. And which also just shows like what a, you know, that can say a lot of things about just like, the things I was choosing to focus on or how much I was actually tuning in, privilege, all of the above. And yet here we are, you know, just like a a year and a half later, basically. And um, holy moly, Liz, holy moly. You know, Candace, I mean, I think all those things are true and I think all of us experience them to that extent. But also I want to say, like, I don't know that I could have gotten up every day had I known humanity and people were this determined to destroy Mm -hmm. people's lives. You know, even I, who work on this every day and have for years, didn't really understand the level of depravity that was in the belly of people who the second they were given the opportunity to strip people of their humanity in a way that they have been doing for years. You know, you talk to people of color, they're like, yeah, they've been stripping our humanity for years. Look at like, that's why Black Lives Matter. You know, it's like, that's why we say it. But um, it's, it just, even I was stunned. And I think even folks that do this work were like, wow, we concentrated so hard on a playbook and now we just COVID threw all the rules out the window and then these people threw out the rules out the window. And I mean, I guess the thing that I, I think of the most is I look at the women of Iran and I see them in the streets under risk of execution. And I don't see yeah. us in the streets. Why are we not in the streets? I don't know. I mean, I, all I can say, like, I really don't know. I remember where we're... <laughs> I know. Candace, you must I know. tell me I have, why. I'll tell you. I'll tell you, Liz. No, I've been in the streets. I've been out protesting recently for um, just gun safety laws here. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and we had a, a, mm-hmm. a, a horrible, awful, devastating school shooting a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten me more involved in local politics than I've ever been in my entire life. And uh, and And it is really unfortunate. I don't know why. There hasn't like I I remember being I was on a plane, I rem, I was on a plane last year and uh, flying home from a trip with my kids, and um, and I was holding my she wasn't quite yet two, and I was holding my daughter who was sleeping on me, and all the TVs were on either Fox or CNN, <laughs> but they were all saying the same things for once, um, saying that Roe v Wade was overturned, and I just remember tears streaming down my face, exiting the plane and like not being able to stop crying, What looking at just like, how, it was just so, everywhere you looked, it was just so many devastated people. And 
and holding, and holding your little my girl. little girl. Like, what is your I know, future? And, and, so, and I remember even you just know? sitting there going, like, I, I'm in Tennessee and I knew that Tennessee was up for, like, the state would then decide that everything could be different. And I just moved here. And, like, I I then also wondered, oh, my gosh, like, what? What? I don't even have an OB here yet. I don't have a gynecologist here. I, what do I, what, what happens now? You know, and it was wild even just to be calling around different offices and trying to get an appointment. Everyone was booked. Everyone's freaking out. Everyone's trying. It just really just kind of knocked the wind out of me. And yet I still didn't put up a sale and get out there and and protest really. Yeah. I mean, it, I hear you. And it's, and Tennessee right now is one of the worst states for OBGYN care. There has been really devastating stories coming out of Tennessee of people who have almost died, who haven't been able to get the care they need. And, you know, we've talked to doctors who have left because they can't provide the care that they need in, in Tennessee. And the other thing that a lot of people aren't talking about is doctors who are living in Tennessee, uh, who provide care or have provided abortion care are afraid to go to the doctor in Tennessee because there's so many anti-abortion doctors that they're afraid they might not get good care. So that's another level of how far the onion peels down to who's afraid, why people are afraid. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it feels very troubling. But I, but I also want to say too that like we get the government that we participate in choosing and so the more that we activate and demand, you know, we've seen these ballot initiatives be very successful in states that have very gerrymandered districts, you know, that have been carved up and set up for, for uh, you know, a, a minority rule over the majority. And so I think we really need to play into the better nature of humanity and start getting those ballot initiatives going, letting the people say what they want. And then if politicians are going to continue to, after after a state, you watched in Kansas, Kansas overwhelmingly voted to make sure that abortions remained in their constitution, that it was their constitutional right as Kansans. And even after that overwhelming vote, the anti-abortion forces in the Kansas legislature passed more horrible laws. The governor vetoed them, but they had veto power over the governor. So it's also an education yeah. point where it's like, I'm not sure people understand that the same people they're voting for are the ones making the law. That's what I think a lot of it is. Because when I hear, you know, Roe v. Wade overturned, I think, oh, that's like a whole other higher level. I couldn't even, how would I even start to participate in the, the you know, in fixing that or, or, you know, having a stance against that. And, and then that, and it was all very confusing because then it went to the state level. Is there a way for that you could possibly explain to our listeners who maybe don't understand just like a very simple, if possible, some sort of simple version of basically how um, Roe v. Wade was overturned and why it went to the state level? Yeah. I think a lot of people think that Roe v. Wade happened because of like Congress people or because of federal laws. I'm going to clear my throat. But what I think that a lot of people don't understand is 
the abortion bans that happen in a state-by-state basis are the ones that um, get pushed through a court system and then the Supreme Court decides whether or not they'll take a case or not. And so how Roe v. Wade got overturned was um, there was a Mississippi law that was a 15-week abortion ban and it was when the people who wanted to overturn Roe v. Wade, they're very smart. So they're looking at all these states and what they want to do is they create legislation, these, these big political money organizations. They literally write the laws and then they hand them to a state that they know it can get passed in. And oftentimes they'll choose a state that is in a district in the United States where the court system that it has to weave through to get to the Supreme Court is also super, super anti-abortion, right? So they chose Mississippi because um, they passed a law that was unconstitutional because what Roe v. Wade said was, we have in America the right to abortion to 24 weeks and anything after that, the states can decide. Um, and so... A challenge to that was this 15-week ban, because if the law of the land is you can have an abortion up to this point in your pregnancy, anything lower than that would be against the constitutionality Mm -hmm. of Roe v. Wade, right? So Mississippi passes a law that's 15 weeks, and Mississippi knew it would be challenged by people who wanted to keep Mm -hmm. Roe v. Wade intact. Um, And so they went through a court system that said, well, I don't know. You know, uh, maybe maybe 15 weeks is fine. You know, I think um, maybe the Supreme Court should decide. Knowing that the Supreme Court is now a majority yes. Republican. yeah, And based on nothing, you know, these this 15 week, all of this, it's all very arbitrary about pregnancy. Um, but we do know that a pregnancy at 15 weeks is 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 not a developed no anything. It is not a viable pregnancy. And even the line that they they created in Roe v. Wade was arbitrary because gestational age and pregnancy, a lot of folks don't get it, that it's sort of like puberty. People go through it in different stages. It's different for every pregnancy. There's not a foolproof thing. And as far as we have come in modern medicine, in gynecology and when we talk about pregnancy, we still rely on somebody being able to tell their doctor when their yes. last menstrual period <laughs> yes. was, right? When you take a test, that's that's what you base your entire pregnancy off of. There, It's impossible. No one knows yeah. the exact moment of conception. You, like, you base your entire like due date off of when you're like the start-ish of your last period was. And so, And so just knowing that you already see like, well, there's there's always going to be wavering around that, and and making decisions like everyone has their same um, same kind of period. Everybody's regular. Yeah, Everybody's cycle, everything. Same it's day. Not, yes, anyway, exactly. I totally, I no, totally but, veered I, off your This question, is important so. information. These are in my follow up <laughs> questions because this is something yes. that's been irking me, especially with the six week, like. Oh, Yes, and we'll get to that in a minute. So so the Mississippi case, the thing that's very interesting is so um, even in the most conservative courts that this went through, um, they said it's 
it's not constitutional because we have Roe v. Wade. So your law is not constitutional. So they went to two different courts, the Mississippi State Supreme Court and then the Fifth Circuit Court, and they both said, this law isn't constitutional. And the Attorney General of Mississippi said, I still want the Supreme Court to hear this anyway. And normally what happens is the Supreme Court normally won't take a case unless there's a controversy um, in separate rulings. So let's say the Mississippi State Supreme Court said, this is unconstitutional. But the next court that it would go to this Fifth Circuit said, no, you know, said the opposite. Then it would go to the Supreme Court to sort of call the balls and the strikes and sort of lay it out. But there was no controversy because everybody said, this law is clearly unconstitutional. And the Supreme Court took it anyway. And so that just shows the politicization of this Supreme Court. Um, And the fact that they said what they ruled was Roe v. Wade was um, argued when it was argued. And it said that um, doctors have a right to perform, actually, and that your right to abortion is protected in the 14th Amendment. That you're that you, a living person, have the right to control your own healthcare decisions in the 14th Amendment. And because the actual word abortion isn't mentioned, like they don't say abortion, they say you have the decision to control your own body with what you want to do. Living people, that's what they said, living people in the Constitution. So because the word abortion wasn't in the Constitution, the conservative justices said, well, it doesn't specifically say in the Constitution, and we're very strict about what the Constitution says. And then Clarence Thomas added to that when when he wrote his opinion and said, it's an opportunity for us to revisit birth control, uh, gay marriage, because those things are also not specifically said in the Constitution. Neither is Viagra, but I digress. <laughs> There's a lot of words that are not in the Constitution that I would like to just bring up it's if important. I could for yes. a moment. That's important um, to note. Yes. And then, yes. And so, and so that, so then they rule. And so Brett, then Brett Kavanaugh wrote a side thing that said, see, this is how it should go. We should just bring this back to the states and let the states decide. And on something as crucial as controlling your own body and humanity, that shouldn't be a state-by-state decision. I feel like that's a decision of our nation and that we should all feel 100% that all of us should never have anybody um, deciding what our fate is, our destiny, our humanity, our capacities for parenting. You know, you're you're a I have two, two kids for um, between their dad and you I have, have stepdaughters and then two yeah. biological children. Yes, all girls. And so you're parent you're parenting four girls. Mm-hmm. That is not easy. It's really hard, and to decide someone else should be able to parent four girls or that everyone should have to, it just seems ludicrous. And yet here we are. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If somebody says, I don't have, I literally cannot parent a child in a way that that child deserves, why would you force them to do so? Why would you? I, do, I, I simply don't, I don't understand, understand it. it too. It seems and cruel. Especially in it's a cruel. world that is where children, the number one, you know, the number one way that children are dying is by, by guns. You know, we're sending kids to school with active shooter drills and we're supposed to, and and this is like a, coming from like a pro-life society, you know, in sending children to school, practicing on how to avoid an active shooter. We have no support system for birthing people that actually have children as far as um, recovery, medical expenses, you know, any form of support after birth care um, and, and in any sort of child, child care, care, it is very difficult. It's very expensive. There's no support system. So it's just the the level of expectation to be to for forced birth. And yet there is nothing on the other side of that that actually um, that is set up for the children nor the nor the person giving birth, except just like a lot of times just you're on your own, which or or, or just failure yeah. set up for failure really. Um, and also yeah. it, what yeah. blows my mind is just that at this point, you know, I, I'm, I think that for me, I'll say, 
when I was young and the notion of abortion that I really under what I grasped of abortion was, oh, abortion is something that happens when someone gets pregnant. They're probably going to be a teenager or they're going to be like a girl in college and they like don't want to have a baby. So they have an abortion. I'm now in my 30s and know very well, well enough. That is not like only what abortion is. Abortion is actually health care because how like pregnancy is so terrifying. And there are like how often there are miscarriages or um, or it is a life threatening, you know, possible birth or life threatening to the to the parent to carry this child to term. And now that is all being taken away. I mean, what makes me also just to keep rolling with it. I mean, I'm ill. I'm physically ill that anyone had the audacity to include rape and incest are are negligible when it comes to allowing for abortions here in the state of Tennessee, including Texas, including mm-hmm. many, many other states in this country. The fact that yeah. someone had the audacity to say, no, we even for a rape victim. No, even for incest. No, just makes me mm-hmm. ill. Ill. Well, and also, and also, like statistically, sixty percent of all abortions are from people who are already parenting one or more children, right? And then when you look at the very muddied, um, when they when they do have exceptions for for rape and incest, the muddied way that they have said, if you perform abortions in the state, you'll lose your medical license, you'll go to jail for ten years hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines. Um, And then when they say like, okay, you can have an abortion, but you have to be basically dying in front of a doctor for them to help you, to force somebody get to a point where they say, go sit in your car. And if you start bleeding out, then we can help you. But until then, the intervention is legally questionable. You know, we lost a, a physician uh, this week, a doctor, Dr. Carhart, who um, performed later abortions in very tragic, tragic um, cases for people who, and, and, and he, he was in med school and he said, I, I was in med school and I was doing my rounds in the emergency room. And this was in the pre-Roe v. Wade times. And he said, and I was seeing patients who were dying from self-attempted abortion before there was pills and before it was safe. And he had a friend who begged him for two years to come and practice. And he said it took him two years, but he went to a clinic in Nebraska and followed in the rounds of this doctor. And he said, and when I realized that I was seeing the same women that I saw in the emergency rooms, but in 30 minutes, I could provide them a safe abortion and they didn't yeah. die. I had I knew that was my life's work because it was the same people, the same women with the same circumstances and they could safely make that choice instead of having to die. And why you would put anybody to that position where they have to choose or they have to suffer so profoundly and beg to say please believe me I'm dying can you help me and have a doctor be too afraid to intervene? And then to have politicians like Marsha Blackburn say, 
I think that doctor should be commended for not breaking the law. It's, it's like the laws are killing people. And the doctors who know that they want to do this work are terrified to do so. They're terrified to save people because they'll get thrown in jail and lose their licenses. It is, the cruelty is the point. It just is the point. It is more often than not that I know someone who has had a um, a miscarriage than not. You know, this is now finally, mm-hmm. I feel like people are talking about miscarriage. One in five pregnancies and, and, end in miscarriage. Yes, yes. And it's very common. It is, but it also can go wrong. And so to even have to go through that experience with some sort of dignity and support and have that be ripped away now and questioned, mm-hmm. it, it yeah. just... Okay, so that we can go on and on and on about all the things that make oh, us ill. So on. But this is where I want to I want to fire everyone up who's listening right now or let's and pivot, just to, pivot some to some things good things and do. what we can do. Because you're right. I don't want us to just like lose wind in our sails and be like, oh well, that's the thing that happened. And I guess this is just the world now. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. This is when we must come together as a community, support one another and support those who need our help around us. So how do we do that? So it's very, we at Abortion Access Front really wanted to be able to create programs and activism that could meet you where you're at. So if you have 10 minutes to give, if you're somebody who is a little bit more passive and might want to like be involved in helping with patient care, maybe you're somebody who wants to take to the streets and be loud, or maybe you're somebody who really wants to like do legislative work. We created a program called Operation Save Abortion. And you can go to operationsaveabortion.com. And we did this series of really wonderful conversations in all different with the experts in all these different forms of activism. And we created toolkits for folks to like watch a 45-minute conversation. We recommend watching these with your friends. And then and then doing the work, the, doing the toolkit with your friends, we have prompt questions. We have a little bit of activism in each of the toolkits so you can get a little taste of whether it's patient care, clinic care, direct action, taking to the streets, advocacy, um, legislative work, and then learning about um, reproductive justice and how Black women are really leading this movement and how we need to really center Black and brown folks in the movement. And you can kind of get this really interesting overview with your peeps, you know, talking about it, seeing where people are at, and then you can figure out where you want to hang your hat. And here's the cool part. Then you sign up with us and we can put you locally with groups on the ground where you live in whatever state you're in and hook you up with people who are doing work in your community. Because maybe you're not an organizer, but you want to help out when you find out there's a thing. Maybe you can show up. Maybe you can bake cookies. Maybe everybody's going to the city council meeting and you can just be a body there. Like there's a million ways. We have an activist calendar at operationsaveabortion.com so you can pick. And then you can also participate in national actions too. So you can kind of pick your poison. And the cool thing is, you know, half of my team lives in Tennessee. Really? I have I have three people in Memphis. I have a person in Knoxville and a person in Bristol. Yeah. So um, I, and, and it's, you know, we want to be in states where people are the hardest hit, mm-hmm. where people can also um, mobilize and get to other places um, quickly. You can get to Atlanta, you can, you can get around. Um, and so Operation Save Abortion is a really good starter for you to like get your feet wet, learn a little bit, 
hear some things, you know, try out the, um, the stuff in our toolkit and, and see what you like and then decide you want to do it. And then you sign up right there in the volunteer sheet. We'll put your name in the database and, um, and then we will hook you up with, with the folks who need help in your community and folks that you can like actively work with. I think it's super important. And then also we have a podcast every Friday. That's the only podcast out there that talks about it gives you a recap of the week's news around all these issues and then gives you some actions to take. And we have the best experts in the areas around this. And then we just have some comedy on for fun because we all need a little <laughs> bit of a break after these really intense conversations. I just love it because even what I appreciate, even at Abortion Access Front on the website, you can go to different states and see how you can support a clinic. And even here in Tennessee, mm -hmm where obviously there are no clinics at this point, there is still an organization here that is helping um, fund for anyone that needs support in getting across state lines, that needs like travel funds, that needs that support. And mm -hmm. it just makes it, um, it is something actionable. I saw you on The Daily Show recently and I just loved your term emotional fluffer. And that is exactly like... <laughs> I think that's what you said. Oh, anger fluffer. That's what it anger is. Fluffer. Anger fluffer. Anger fluffer. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I just loved that because sometimes that is how I feel. I get on social media and I'm just like reposting and reposting and reposting. And I'm like, oh, no, I need to, I need boots on the ground. I need to do something. It's, you know, it's so crucial because you will not be able to get out of bed if you don't have something to do. Activism really is self-care. And it doesn't mean that you're out, you're the person that needs to be out on the street and doing X, Y, Z. We need people out on the street, obviously. But if you're the person who is calling that, calling your politician and saying, I live here and this is what I think, and you represent me, you know, if that's a thing you can do, if it's even just making cookies for the rally, if it's helping people set up chairs at the event they're doing, um, there's a million ways that, you can help. And it's super crucial to tap in for your own sanity, as well as, um, because as we know, movement doesn't happen, especially in the political part, unless they see that citizens are saying, I will not vote for you if you are this person. And I will work very hard to make sure that you no longer have this job. And I think they need to believe that we're serious. They're very used to us not showing up. And I think that now that we're showing up and we're shaking up a system that was not built for us, let's be honest, if you're a woman or if you're queer or if you're black and brown, we, we weren't involved in laying this foundation. We just weren't. And the people that want to keep this foundation, they rely on decorum and they rely on <laughs> all these things that are just code words for you shut up. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to dole out to you your freedoms and then you take them. And then you'd be grateful for them. Yeah. And so the word decorum you know, that I've written, like hearing the word decorum over and over and over in these last couple of weeks, I'm just like, oh, I have a very new opinion on that word decorum. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in Tennessee, yeah. where decorum has been just code for just some real racist shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was there yeah. a moment in you? I mean, how, what, how many years have you been really focusing your attention and efforts on abortion access? I've always had my hand in it. I had an abortion in high school. And so I've always had my sort of hand in it, realizing that it is the gift uh, that gave me, you know, my ability to get on stage and be a comedian. You know, I co-created The Daily Show. I was, I've been very lucky and privileged 
because I was able to have a destiny path that was my own. And so, but I really did, um, I did a reevaluation. I don't know if your listeners remember, um, but back when Wendy Davis was in Texas and Wendy Davis was a state representative who filibustered for 13 hours in pink sneakers when Texas tried to pass horrible anti-abortion laws of like 11 years, 12, 11 or 12 years ago. And I watched her fight and I watched that and I did some research and I realized that as I was watching Wendy Davis fight these laws, that 26 other states had the exact bunch of laws because they were written by really rich lobbyists and they dumped them in 26 other states and nobody knew about it. And so I just finished writing my book and I needed a new chapter in my life. And I was like, what if I try to combine the way that The Daily Show exposes hypocrisy and does it well with an activism component? Um, And how can I make that work? And so it was back then that I just wanted to combine all the creativeness, take the art, take the entertainers, have the influencers, and really start um, building platforms to talk about this. And then meeting all of the folks doing the work on the ground so that I could pivot people to where the work was happening in their communities. And so here we are now, about 10 years later, um, with a with a really strong machine that can get people to where they need to go. Did you ever have a moment of just exhaustion and wonder if you needed to pass the baton and just... I mean, I think, I think I am exhausted. And I think that in the next few years, I definitely will be passing the baton. Um, but I think that because we lived in a society for so long where we didn't talk about it, those of us with the wisdom and who were following it all along, I think that we need to stay in the game a little bit longer um, to make sure that the historical knowledge is passed on so that people are considering everything as they move forward with new ideas. And so I'm going to be in the game for a while. I think I'll be in the game forever on some level, advising being it, you know, you can't keep me out of these streets. I'm always around being loud. (laughs) And hopefully being a little bit fun. Very fun. Always fun. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. How was how the experience for you on the front lines of abortion access and uh, abortion rights? What have you seen for this younger generation coming up? Because just in these couple weeks here in, in Nashville, Tennessee, I just can't get over how in awe I am of these young kids that are not only going, that I keep saying, it's not that they're going to change the world. They are currently changing the world right now. And yeah. holy moly, my I was not when I was their age in high school and even in my twenties, I was not paying attention at all. Um when you look at the Justins, right? And and the, you know, from Tennessee, oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure your listeners oh know yeah. the Justins. Okay. Jones and Pierce. You know, I know. Oh yeah. Um yes. So when you listen to them talk about what they were told and how they were supposed to be as young people, it's the same thing that young abortion activists have also been told you know, do you have to say the word abortion? It makes people uncomfortable. Can we talk about it in a different way? Where can you compromise? And it's like, I can't. They won't. We won't anymore. Abortion is not a dirty word. Um, And the playbook that has been given to us has not worked. And full emancipation means our full humanity. And that means full access to reproductive care. And we will settle for nothing less. And so I think that when you look at these, the movement for black lives and the movement for, for, you know, trans lives and, and you look at, um, reproductive health rights and justice, there is no place to say, yeah, you can have a little bit of my rights if that makes you feel comfortable. Because nobody deserves a little bit of anyone's rights. You deserve full rights for everything, you know, from your, from your skin on in. And so, I think the young people are just saying, no, we're not apologizing. Yeah. We're going to talk about it in a way that you understand that abortion and birth control, it just deserves its proper place in, in a long list of medical things that someone will probably use in their lifetime. And let's normalize it and let's put it there. And we have a lot of work to do to get to that. And I also know that we're never going to convince everybody that it's okay. Yeah. And what we need to do is... Um, well, what I also think why... Because I think about that a lot. Like, I can't... Um, like, my brain just doesn't operate in a way that goes, oh, yeah, pro-life versus pro-choice. That makes it... Like, it's just... It's not my business. That's not my body. I don't know that person's circumstances. That is up to them. And hopefully in and they hopefully they are safe and loved and cared for and able to like that that's 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 my whole understanding of just like mm-hmm. how abortion mm-hmm. care should be and 
But I've tried to think like it is such a personal thing based on such personal experiences or personal things that we were taught from those who are around us. But then that brings me right back to it is personal and it's nobody else's business. And then it gets me just fired up and doing these like donuts of trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense to me, but also trying to understand that someone on the other side of the conversation, I probably sound nonsensical to them. And it's very, this is a, it's a very difficult, like in, in circumstances in which I've been at a table full of women who are on opposite sides of this conversation, it's been really nice when it doesn't get heated, but it's very hard for it not to get heated because it feels so personal, but Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, it feels, yeah, it just feels like someone's selling you out. And I don't know, I don't know when you are on the other side of this issue. I kind of don't understand why you think you're exempt from being in a place where you might need this care. Yeah. And I and I and I think that that takes a lot of hubris and a lot of privilege to say, well, it's wrong, you know, until it's you. Until until it's you and you have an ectopic pregnancy, mm-hmm. until it's you and um something happens where maybe the person you're married to takes a turn and becomes a terrible person. Mm-hmm. Who knew? You know, and you you find yourself pregnant and you don't want to be pregnant with an abuser. Do you know how many calls we got during COVID of people saying, I am quarantined with somebody who is harming me and I'm pregnant. Can you please help me? So many calls, you know, um, people just trapped. And so I think that if you don't, don't even worry about somebody else's shoes. They're not yours. And you maybe will never be in them, but maybe you will. But just like back off because to advocate for someone else, for some, to, to have control over someone else's life when you have no responsibility for it is it's gross yeah. to me. Is there a part of you that I feel like I keep hearing, um, I keep hearing that like birth rates are down. You know what I mean? And this is also because I love like celebrity gossip and like Nick Cannon is having a bunch of kids and like that's his He's not, His birth rate is not down. <laughs> his birth rate, his birth rate him, is not down. Elon Musk, their birth rates He's are making not- <laughs> up for it. Yeah, they're just everybody. But do you, you feel know? like this is like some sort of like all of a sudden my, my brain starts going like, oh my God, like we keep saying like, it's like the handmaid's tale. I'm like, is this all of a sudden like this forced birth? Like birth rates are going down. More laws are coming up. Of like more forced birth laws are coming up. Ah, yeah. I mean, I do feel like um, they're looking at the level of whiteness going down, and that scares people. When it's like white people, everybody's making choices about how to control birth because the truth is. It's also the way we talk about birth control um, is also kind of rooted a little bit in racism, right? Somebody with nine kids who's white, you know, people are like, oh, look at you. You got a little brood. How cute you are. You have all these kids. That's awesome. You know, if a person of color has nine kids, there's all sorts of disparity around it. And so when we talk about birth control and how and what kind of parenting and what kind of families people want to have, um, why aren't we supporting? people who would would like to have a large family but don't have the means mm-hmm. to you know that's my whole thing it's just like 
if this country was actually cared, we would honor and value all pregnancy outcomes. So that if a 16-year-old had a, had, a, had a moral life that said, I'm pregnant and I would like to parent this child because that is, that is the morality that I bring, um, society should say, let's, let's help you do that. Let's help you raise a healthy child. Conversely, if a 35-year-old person is like, I can't have another kid, I'd like to support them in their abortion, you know? Yeah. But we don't, we don't have that. No. And as someone who watched do, a lot of Teen Mom and Teen Mom 2, that is not mm-hmm. something, there is no support. No. Not even MTV no, was really it, supporting all that much. Oh my God, no. And so until we have that, um, we need to sort of shut our collective societal yaps about, other, about people's business yeah. because we really don't care. You know, we really don't care. Yeah. And that's the, that's the part that gets you fired <laughs> up again. And I do want to say, yeah. in regards to MTV... And to the mothers and parents on Teen Mom and Teen Mom 2, I have the utmost respect for like all of the journeys that they ended up going on. I can't imagine their experiences and then on TV at like baby young ages and MTV did contribute to there was like, a, you know, a rise in awareness of sexual health, lower teen pregnancy rates so that yes, so all those good things. I'm not trying to disparage the some yeah. of the good things that did come um, from open discussions that a lot of people weren't talking about in that realm. Right. right. Um, I just felt like I needed to say that. Uh, but as far as um, what is up next for you guys at Abortion Access Front, um, is there anything else coming up that we can support besides making sure we're paying attention to what's going on in our states? I mean, you can always donate. That's Love always good. That. Yep. Um, at aafront.org. Um, I think that we are right now um, getting together our plans and, stra- you know, summertime is a little hard. So what we do is strategize a lot as we get into spring and summer. So um, some issue areas that we're looking at is growing Operation Safe Abortion and really getting people um, hooked up with the places that they can work on the ground, which is awesome. Um, we're slowly going back out on the road. Um, we do, part of our bread and butter is doing comedy and music shows that incorporate um, the clinics and the activists in those communities. And then our audience learns about them. And then we have kind of a little mini activist fair within the room where people have tables set up and they can go sign up and they can learn right there. So it's kind of bringing the fun and that. And we'll be, we're doing one in New York City. We're doing one in Atlanta this summer and the, um, in July. Well, yes, Liz, I'll website. host one in Nashville. Fine. Twist my arm. Add it to the oh list. Oh my God. Add, yes. Add it to the list. Yes, no, I'm yes, serious. Yes, let's yes, do it. Yes. I already got the venue. We'll, let's do it. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. I would love would it so amazing. much. Oh my God. Yes. So that okay. will be on the schedule yes. as well to all the listeners. We're going to put, we're going to get Nashville going. <laughs> yes. I'm very excited. Um, and it's great because we do the podcast component. It's like a whole big, like get together. Let's have some laughs. Let's hear some news. Let's make some noise. Let's learn what we can do. Um, to fight back and get people activated. Um, and then we're also doing a campaign, which a lot of people don't know about, which I should totally come back on your show and talk about in, in its totality, which are something called um, anti-abortion fake clinics. And um, the anti-abortion movement has um, well-funded um, these clinics that look like abortion clinics, but they're not run by doctors. They're run by religious people who literally wear lab coats and dress up like doctors and give people ultrasounds and they're not doctors. And then they lie to them about their gestational age and they don't 
help them with their pregnancies. Their whole goal is to try to talk someone out of having an abortion, and they're very deceptive. So we have a great website called Exposed Fake Clinics where you can learn all about them. And we're getting people involved in trying to say to their legislators, and in Tennessee, your governor tried to give $125 million to these fake clinics instead of instead of helping cool folks. bill um cool yeah cool bill good job bill you're great thanks you're Lee. just doing awesome billy's <laughs> great um instead of helping folks get on tanf get on you know get jobs programs mm-hmm. helping helping people who are already parenting with what they can do it's throwing money into this so it's a mess um and so we're doing all kinds of fun little programs like that and then occasionally taking to the streets and we just have a lot going on and so i would say Go to, go to operationsaveabortion.com, go to aafront.org, follow our socials because we're always giving tips. We have a great program called Adopt a Clinic where you can go see what needs clinics have and you can get together again. If you want to pool some money together with your friends, see what some clinics are, you know, a lot of clinics give diapers to already parenting people who are doing things. A lot of clinics need like um, new heating pads and they need mm. a lot of like, stuff. And so you can be helpful in helping these clinics um, with their little wish lists. And so that's also a really good way to get involved. So tons of stuff. to I know you've met so many people whenever you're on tour and and with all your work that you do. um, Is there is there something like a a moment that sticks out in recent years of someone who came up to you? I'm sure so many people come up and you just vulnerable, like you just get like a vulnerability dump quite often, (laughs) like, you know, and in a beautiful way, but I'm sure it can be beautiful and overwhelming at times. But is there someone who came and shared a story with you recently or in recent years that just stuck with you that just reminds you of the importance of the work that you're doing and gives you that, that hope to hold on to? Um, a couple, there's two stories. One was from, uh, uh, I get a lot of people who, when we talk about abortion or I tell my own abortion story. Um, but I had one person say when I went away to college, it was the first time I'd lived away from home and I was, and I got pregnant and I didn't know what to do. And I read your book cause I saw it in an airport and I picked it up and I read your book and you talked about your abortion in it and I didn't feel alone. And it's the first time I didn't feel alone. And that was really incredible. So the power of storytelling is just huge. If you can share your story with people, please do. And then I had a doctor who was at one of our shows that we did. And after the conversation and after the show, he came up to me and said, you know, this is really valuable because the one thing that I don't think a lot of people understand about abortion doctors is that from the time someone is pregnant, until the time they get to me to have their procedure, oftentimes I'm the first person that's been kind to them on that journey. And so to be able to be that person for them is really important and it's the most important part of my job. And I was like, wow, you know, we don't think about what someone struggles with a lot of times when they find themselves in that pregnancy position. And so that was really touching for me to just be reminded that everyone's journey is different and everyone is struggling with so many different navigational hurdles mm-hmm. when it comes to doing this. And that's why we should be kind to people who are, who are pregnant and can't be and don't want to be. Yeah. It was something that really stuck with me the last time we spoke 
is I, I was always apprehensive of like, well, I, abortion, we don't, you know, I'm not trying to say it's a bit. And hearing you just say, yeah, like I'm pro-abortion and that abortion is not a bad word. It is mm-hmm. a life-saving word. It is a health, yeah. it's healthcare. It is, it is. And so I, it's just really stuck with me and the way that I speak about it now is just, just feeling a whole new understanding of just saying, yeah, I am pro-abortion and, and really understanding what that means in a very. And it feels, and once you start saying it, it feels very comfortable to say. And when people are taken, when you run into people who are taken aback by it, it gives you the opportunity then to say, here's why I say Mm -hmm. it. You know, a a miscarriage is medically called a spontaneous abortion. You know, it's like, it just is. So, you know, it's everyone's, a lot of people are having them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Well, before I let you out or let you go, let you out, I boxed you into this. I'm in the cage. <laughs> She's got me trapped. You can't see this, but I'm literally, I'm sweating. I haven't eaten in days. I'm dirty. Before I let you go, I want to ask you five last questions. It's just a little word association yes. sentence. The sentence cooled down from our conversation. So, sure. Liz, tell me something that you like. There's a lot of things I like. Succession oh, right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, something that you know. Every state capital. Really? Mm-hmm. Is it like a song? Like, do you know it by song or you just can list them? I just learned it. Like yes. recently or as a child and it's just stuck with you? No, as a child and I just retained That's it. your chopsticks. That's my yep. chopsticks. Okay. And something that you hate. Unbridled cruelty. Something that you love. That's not family, not friends. Just something that you love. My dog. And a quirky little fact about you. A quirky fact about me is I was the MC for all of the dancers for the movie Purple Rain. So I, yeah, I worked at First Avenue, the nightclub, for years. And um, yeah, so when they had the dancers auditioning, I was um, running through and and bringing them on and bringing them off. And yeah, it was crazy. Oh my gosh. I'm very excited to... Now now it makes me just want to watch it tonight. Oh my goodness. Liz, it is so good to see you. Thank you. Candace, so good to see you. And I'm taking you you up on Nashville. Let's do some fun. Let's do it. Rock and roll. I'm very excited. And we'll get Cheryl. We'll get Cheryl to do it too. Perfect. Done and done. Done and done. Liz, thank you for your work. Boots on the ground. Really appreciate it. If you want to learn more about Abortion Access Front, just go to aafront.org. Abortion Access Front, the website has plenty of opportunities to so that you can learn, you can educate yourself, but also so you can realize different ways on how you can get involved so you don't feel alone in this fight for reproductive rights. You can also learn on what you can do to get involved locally within your state since right now it is it's all happening within a state level so highly highly recommend checking out aafront.org and thank you so much for joining us within this conversation take care of yourselves this has been a super boom podcast hosted by me candace king produced by melissa d Monts and diamond and print productions and advertisement partnerships with acast